Hey, what's going down? What's up? How are you? I am Dees. Dees. Yo, I really <laughs> wish, like, at the beginning when, um, when I start this and then invite you to join, there's, like, this little beat playing. So for, like, whatever time I'm waiting for you to join, I'll just be, like, freestyling and shit. I really wish it recorded before you joined because I was killing it. Like, yo, I, it made, I, I low, Can't low you key, edit that in? I don't know. Like, it just doesn't start on this recording and it doesn't record anywhere. And I could probably fuck with the settings to say, hey, you know, start recording me first. But, yo, I like low-key, like, freestyled a theme song for the show. Like, it was dope. Really? Yeah, it was tight. Let's hear it. I mean, I can't do it right now. I ain't got the beat or nothing. You know what I'm saying? But put me on well, the you spot. you did it without a beat before. Put me on the spot, though. Like, <laughs> hey, yo. you put me on the spot a couple of times to start the conversation. I have never. You're like, so what's up? What have you been doing? And then I started going off about the book I was reading. And then you're like, oh, you're just going to jump right into that without explaining? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're going to say something, you got to reference the king, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, you know, I feel like I'm just kind of leaving, throw the ball in your court and just let you alley-oop, you know, just get it. That's fine. But don't bitch about when I make you start. You want me to start? Yeah. All right. I'd like to talk about, you know, when people like to kind of like pass the buck you know what i mean like when someone's like hey you start let's talk about that <laughs> no i'm just kidding so like i wanted to talk to you about this last time and you know we kind we kind of just like flow with this shit and you know i sometimes i'll have like something in my head like oh this would be cool to talk about usually we don't get to it because we just kind of roll with something but this is something that has hit me two different ways each time i've tried to get sober so, like, where are you at with music and recovery? Because, like, the first time I got clean, I literally stopped listening to anything that I felt would be triggering or reference drugs. And it put it, it made it such a thing that every time I heard it, I felt a way because I had given it so much power. Whereas this time when I got sober, fucking Tovlo still want to be high all the time was on the radio. And that was my theme song when I got out of rehab. I was just like, turn that shit up. You know what I mean? And like, I I didn't do that this time. I still listen to like Wiz Khalifa. I still would listen to all the shit I ever listened to. And I embraced it and it never bothers me. You know, I don't sit there and chant it, but it never bothers me. So like, where do you stand on music and stuff like that? Yeah, so I'm about the same way. Um when I so while I was in rehab I was trying really hard to get to my old music because I was still holding on to those moments and um but when I got out and I got my head at least a little bit cleared off I had to do a full like switch over cuz while I was in while I was using um dubstep like EDM I mean, almost any genre of EDM I, um, I listen to a lot. Mm. That whole, like, euphoric, you know, sounds. 
right. the euphoric dubstep. Oh my God. Getting high on the euphoric dubstep while I'm getting high. Like, yeah. So, but when I got out, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I cannot. And for me, it's always, it. I never gave lyrics power, but I've always given sound a lot of power. So okay. when I hear, so when I got out of rehab, so I had to do a full switch over to rap. And um, so if there's like rap music that has like talks about drugs, I don't give those words power. It's just like, it sounds and it's just like, it's like the, you know, the flow, you know, the rhythm and poetry, but it's not the mean, the deeper meaning of the words. It's just the flow of the words. And, um, so I was into that for a long ass time. I mean, literally just maybe like a year ago, I start, well, actually what I ended up doing was I would listen to like rap music throughout the day, but, um, I would listen to like, you know, dubstep while I'm working out. So what I did was I took this feeling that I got from listening to it, those like, you know, it bringing me back into those moments, that euphoria as I'm working out. And I take that and I use that as like energy, as power. So to, um, like it literally, it gives me this rush when I go back in my head into it and I think about it and it gives me so much energy and I'm working right through it as I'm listening to that shit. But I, I prom, I gave myself a promise. You're only going to listen to this when you're working out, because if you try to listen to it outside of working out, you're going to fuck yourself up hard, which is what happened. So I stuck to that. And then just recently about, you know, within the past year, I slowly started, you know, weaning myself back into EDM because EDM has always been one of my favorites. And, um, now I've gotten to this point where after I started practicing presence and mindfulness and awareness and just, you know, just, just being in touch with my feelings and everything, um, that I'm able to listen to those older songs that would like take me way back and like literally into the, the memories. Now I don't give that the power. Now I can focus on the sound and the beauty of the sound. Like there are a couple songs that I could not listen to back when I got sober because they were just so goddamn powerful. And now I can li- like, I, I can just feel the power, the, the, the beauty, the power of the beauty of the, the sound, you know? So, yeah. so it's, it's almost like you, you're saying when you were working out, you almost like triggered yourself and used that energy to like, work out more with either I don't know anger maybe not anger but just some type of energy you're like triggering yourself getting worked up and then just pumping it out yeah exactly okay and it's like it's not anger it's just it's you know how like sometimes you have like those flashbacks of when I mean probably not anymore but those like really hard flashbacks of when back when you're like you know, you're high or whatever, and you feel it down to a physical level, like I would push that out of me. And I would use that physical, like adrenaline, whatever state as just 
power. It's almost like that trauma therapy I was reading about where I think I told you about it. I don't think I mentioned it on here where, where this guy had a theory of trauma therapy where he relates it to the deer who just got attacked by the lion and escaped. They run away and they do one hard shake to physically shake out their trauma. And that kind of sounds like what you're doing in a way where you're building something up, releasing it physically, and you don't even need the words or the concept to do it. You're just, you're, you're making something react inside of you and you are using physical assertion to like get it out of you and and now you can slowly reintegrate back into that without feeling those responses yeah exactly like our physical realm like our bodies they are so incredibly powerful i mean we can manipulate them into ways that like we never thought imaginable i mean like there there's been cases that i heard about like fucking like pregnant women who are or not pregnant, but just like, like motherly instinct, right? It's all in your body um, to protect your child. I mean, you can, there's been cases where they'd literally like lift up a car to save the kid. And it's just, it's, it's so, it's so dope. Like, um, and that, that has a lot to do with, um, so like, I'm going to, you know, do a little switch up for a second. Eckhart Tolle says in his books that, our bodies are, we access like that other like realm or whatever, the, the inner, di- the, the deeper eye, which is like the multidimensional, you know, space with, where God is or whatever. And we access it through our bodies. So if we just completely sit in, you know, complete silence and stillness and presence and awareness, we start to feel it down in our bodies and our bodies like literally like take us off into that right so i feel like that power is the same amount of power as that you would you know use for that so it's cool it's really cool yeah and so many of us live in our minds like we we have our body but we got so used to living in our minds that's why things like meditation like bringing you to the moment in your body is where the peace lies because you're getting out of your head and I also heard somewhere, I think it was Sada Guru. I watch a lot of his videos on YouTube. This dude is like fucking yogi, mystic, Indian yeah. dude. Like he's dope, man. And he's, I know. he'll just say jokes and shit. He'll cuss. He's just like, someone will ask him a question and he'll respond just like, you fucking idiot. Like he don't say <laughs> that, but he answers it like that. But he said something like a lot of your your body keeps memories like your body keeps just physical memories that you don't put in words or you don't even recognize sometimes that he was talking about sex one day where he, he was kind of talking about promiscuous sex. Like when you, when you live, when my throat's trying to stop me from talking about that, Um, he's basically saying something like, when you live that way, when you're promiscuous and reckless with your body in any form, but he was talking about sex in this case, that your body registers these responses, keeps them, and it doesn't even have to like hit your mental radar to where you start to feel these things and react to them and you kind of don't know why, especially if you're unaware. Um, 
so yeah like the body can just sometimes the body can keep the uh trauma responses the fear responses and you can mentally be like i'm not scared like i'm not i'm trying to fight through this mentally but your body is resisting it because it knows it in a more like hard-coded way you know yeah i am so glad you said something about that because i've actually been noticing that about myself um there'll be moments that have happened not like necessarily recently, but just since I, ever since I've actually started paying attention to myself, but, um, <laughs> like there would be moments that something would happen that, um, it was like, you know, it would trigger my trauma. And I would think like, my mind is blank. My mind is like, well, I'm fine. What the fuck's going on? What is, what is going on? Like, and my body will stiffen up and I can't breathe. I, I literally, I will just sit there and I can't figure out why I can't breathe. What is even happening just, just for like a solid, like five minutes. And it would be something stupid. Like it, it would just be like nothing, you know, and half the time, I don't even know which trauma is like being triggered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, what? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like, I'm so glad you said that because I, I just, I, I just now remembered, like I had those moments and I literally had no idea what is going on, but that's, that's what it is. It's just yeah. my body remembering the trauma at a physical level. And my mind's like, dude, what's going right, on? Right. <laughs> no, nah, now that I'm thinking about it, like I got jumped when I was 14, um, yeah. just by a couple dudes, but I got my ass kicked pretty good. And you know, I remember after that fight, like I didn't feel anything during the fight. I was completely fine after I split my lip. I, I got hit upside the head with a pool ball by these two dudes. I had my two homies right next to me with pool sticks in my hand, didn't do shit. So that probably affected it too, because anyway, like after that fight, I'd been in plenty of fights before then one loss, whatever. After that fight, I was shook for so long. Like I remember one time there was this big brawl going on where one group of my friends was going to fight another group of people who weren't my friends, but they were like associates. I didn't have no beef in the matter. So I wasn't involved, you know, but on the way there, I was also, my friends were highly out, like my friends highly outnumbered the other ones. I had no reason to be concerned. I wasn't going to fight. I was fucking shaking. Yeah. Or anytime a fight was um, predetermined, like, it could be, like, someone who's, like, half my size be, like, meet me in 10 minutes and we're going to fight. Uh, my body will shake. It will, like, and I never understood that because I'm, like, one, the jump didn't hurt me. I was punked out by them quite a bit, even with friends with me after the fact because we all lived in the same neighborhood. And, you know, they once once they stepped to me, like, they were shaking when they stepped to me. I was a little fucking pitbull mouth chihuahua like i <laughs> i gave no fucks so they were shaking when they stepped to me they whooped my ass whatever then they got some balls like their balls dropped real hard and every time they came around even if i had three friends with me i was already convinced my friends ain't gonna back me up i'm not about to get my ass whooped again and i had this trauma like where i'd get all fucking punked out and i just remember like I, I'm like, why is it bothering me? It didn't hurt me at the time. 
I was completely fine after, but then for some reason now I'm shook and it, it was so hard to break. Like if a fight happened right then and there, it is what it is. Like I'm not overthinking it. I'm, I'm in the moment and, and it is what it is. But, and this is all back when I'm like teenager, maybe early twenties back when my fucking ego was in full control and I actually fought people like I don't fucking fight nowadays. Like I don't got time for that shit. It's just, it's pointless. It, it is pointless, man. Like I've even been in like shit where people are trying to throw down and I don't do like some peacemaker. I don't fight. I'm holy shit. But it's just like, what are we fighting for? You stepped on my shoe. Fucking big deal, man. Hey, can you, could you watch your step, man? Oh, you want to throw your little anger fists around? Like, well, what's the problem? Like, you know what I mean? And, and I just haven't been in any altercations yet with like truly ignorant people who are determined to fight. But but yeah, like I remember this one dude, we'd scrap once or twice, but then we had a premeditated fight arrangement <laughs> and I'm like shook the whole fucking time thinking about this shit. And he's nobody that's going to kick my ass. It's, I don't know what it was. Like it was just trauma in my body, not in my mind. It was crazy. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's almost as if when, so when, it, when, tra- when trauma happens, the way that it happens, um, cause after, cause I've been doing EDMR therapy. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but I got some, it's, um, it's eye desensitization movement, EDMR. Uh, so, Okay. It actually has nothing to do with eyes. The way this guy was doing it, it was like more of like a hypnosis type thing where he would give me like these headphones where there'd be like a beeping noise going back and forth. And then I would have these things I'd be holding in my hand that are vibrating like back and forth, like um, vibrating from one hand to another. Okay. And so it's, it's in a way of hypnosis. So that puts you in a state of, you know, remembering better what happened. So the way he explained trauma to me was something happens to you like that's so overwhelming. That's too much, too fast. And your brain can't process it all the way. So instead of like processing it, you just freeze up in in that moment and that shit gets stored. So I would imagine it gets stored in your body because then once there's a trigger, the body remembers because it has that shit stored. And it will come out in the way that it should have came out the first time. So to work through the trauma, it's like you got to you got to remember the moment. And you got to relive it so that you can release all that stored energy in your body, in your mind back out so that it clears out. It's just like that one more time thing to clear it out type thing, because otherwise you're just going to keep going through triggers. I actually, um, I remember this was like the last fucking push for me because, so I was, um, with, I was in Mexico with my, um, mom and my stepdad and like their friends. And I went, we stopped at this gas station to go to the bathroom and I have like abandonment trauma. So I come out and the van is not there. And, um, I didn't even, I didn't even think to look around 
to that they could have just pulled up somewhere else. I just came out and I didn't see it right in front of me, bro. I started trembling and just bawling my eyes out. (laughs) I was just, I I couldn't breathe and I just started just bawling. They just pulled up the van like farther up, like to, um, to a like a different kind of like parking spot or whatever. Right. So that's when that was my last straw. I'm like, yo, this needs to stop. Like, I need to work on this abandonment well, yeah. issue. You're in another country, too. So, I mean, I'm sure that's a hard thing to add on top of that. You know, what, what, what do you mean? I mean, you're in Mexico. So if someone oh, leaves yeah. you at the gas station up the road, it's one thing. But if someone leaves you at the gas station in Mexico, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? But I didn't even, like, think. I couldn't even think. My brain was, like, it, it just, like, my brain turned off. I could not think at all. It was just my body acting as if I'm about to just, like, die. Like, right. so. Well, that whole therapy I was telling you about, the whole shake, you know, little deer, Bambi therapy, he also makes you relive it. Like, God, I wish I could remember where I saw this at. But he's just like, oh, it's this dude. And I, uh, I can't look him up right now. He's a, he's dope. Um, he makes you relive it, you know, suggests you relive it. But he wants you to relive it so you feel everything and shake it out. So just like what you're saying. like, And that's a hard thing to ask someone to do, especially if it's real intense scarring trauma but that is the pet it's like you almost get through it by getting through it you know what i mean same with our addiction like people are afraid to look at themselves they're afraid to look back at what they've done but that is the way to freedom like you have to look at it and be honest feel you know not the guilt and the shame but the accountability look at it push through that shit and fucking come out the other side because then otherwise you're just hiding from it. It's going to hit you in waves. Like we're smarter than we give ourselves credit for. We're going to remember shit. We can't lie to ourselves. You know what I mean? So like you got to face shit and get through it. But stuff like trauma face with a professional who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, you know, I have, I used to have a really bad problem with arrogance just like recently until I got like a couple ginormous reality checks. And I thought after I found out how to do this, like, I'm like, oh, just back and forth beeping. Shit, I got this. I can do this on my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, That's like what people say. They go to a couple meetings. <laughs> I feel fine now. I got this. Yeah. And my best friend's like, oh, so you mean you're going to um, come home and you're going to put on those beeping headphones and then you're going to remember this, these traumatic experiences and then be borderline relapse mode. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea because <laughs> you're all by yourself. And right. Who the fuck knows, right? Yeah, that's just like the guy who's like, <laughs> I've gone to a couple meetings. I know I'll never drink again. I can hang out at the bar. Fuck, man, I'll be fine. Hey, I know every time I took a sip before it ended with a bottle, but I can take a sip today. They're not being honest with themselves, you know, and they're getting too cocky and too arrogant. Like, I I try not to get cocky. Like, I when I say this, it's not a line. It's not like something I say because that's what I should say and believe. I could fucking relapse right now, you know, and I truly believe that I am not 
immune to it, no matter how much clean time I got, no matter what my job position is, no matter how much mindfulness I have, like I could fucking just wake up tomorrow, stop looking at myself, start, you know, keeping my point of view, develop a resentment. I could really truly think I can handle it differently, or I could truly just think, fuck it. And it could happen at any time. So like, I stay on top of my shit, man. Like you've seen me when I go to a meeting and I'm just having an off week where I'm really thinking about relapsing or really thinking about moderating successfully. I fucking go to the meeting and I say that shit because if I stop going to the meeting or if I go and I don't say that shit, that thought stays, you know what I mean? And I'd rather go there and have everybody look at me like, what the fuck is up with this guy? And, and get through it. Then just try to save my face front, act like I got it. And then, fall on my face you know yeah I absolutely love how you're just always about meetings it's it's really inspirational for sure and then you try to get meetings it's 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 the work at the meeting like because some people can go to meetings and that's it they go to the meetings they tell us about their day or they spit a couple one-liners but that's that's it they go home and they just don't change anything so it's not just about meetings it's about one, finding the right meeting with the people who kind of you see that they're doing what you should be doing too, reflecting, growing, being accountable. You know, they always say like meeting makers make it, but like, no, you got to do some work. And meetings are just the place to see the people who have been where you've been and who are trying to go where you're trying to go. Okay, I get that. But what what I was trying to say, take the fucking compliment, please. <laughs> is that... Uh, just like no matter what like you're there is what i'm saying okay i mean i'm taking the compliment i guess i just wanted to be like okay it's not just about me no and that's yeah for sure um i can't handle any more compliments right now okay (laughs) but no i mean and and honestly like i don't do that shit to be like some ego in na to where like I'm the guy who's at the meeting or chair in the meeting or saying the head not, head bobbing thing at the meeting. I do it because that's really what keeps me sober, man. Like nobody being there even for people. That that's what you did. What's that? Nobody's even thinking that that's what you're doing. No, I'm not saying that they do. I'm just saying, you know, like people can develop an ego in NA oh. and AA. <laughs> That shit is so real. The guy with 30 years who's, you know, he figured it out 20 years ago and all his defects are just acceptable. You know what I mean? I've seen it a lot where these motherfuckers like, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody with time under their belt, like saying it's an old timer thing, but some people act like recovery gods. Like they got all their shit together. You see defects there. They're there. They're not addressing their issues anymore. They're there because they're the guys with the big time you know their their seniority or something like i've seen it and and you can totally develop an ego in recovery that i'm just i was just trying to throw that out there like i'm truly not doing that like i love if i say something and people get it and they're like oh i'm glad you said that like it's cool it's just i'm being there for people like seeing the guy who hasn't been in a meeting in a while like Hey man, where you been? 
you know, it does, it does for me too. It's not just like, Hey, you should be at a meeting cause you should be at a meeting. It's just, I don't know, because a big part of me didn't give a fuck about people back then. You know what I mean? Like if I see you doing bad, that makes me feel like I'm doing better. And I just don't think like that anymore. So that's all I was really trying to say. Like it's being there for the next person does a lot for you. That's kind of just what I was trying to say. Yeah. And, um, you and Holly both have kind of inspired me to feel like to be selfless. Um, especially Holly, because she's always saying like, yeah, you need to come to meetings because you're at the point where you need to be there for other people. And then you, um, making sure like checking in on people to make sure they're at the meeting or if they haven't, you haven't seen them in a while. Like I started doing that too. And it's like, um, it, it does make me feel good knowing that I have helped somebody or at least, you know, done something because, because this whole self selfless thing is for me, the way it works for me is that if before, when I identified with my ego, ego separates you from the rest of the world, it makes you feel alone and it makes you feel like disconnected from everybody. So right. when I started um, identifying with it less, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm human. I still identify with my ego sometimes, but the less I do it, the more connected I feel towards other people. So that connection with other people, I feel if I'm helping them, I'm helping myself because we're, we're all a whole in this together. Right. You know, so it's, it's powerful. It's so it's a good um it's just yeah i can't i'm at loss for words like i'm just like <laughs> feeling this like love <laughs> and it could really give you purpose like if you go to a meeting and your sole intent is to take right. you're gonna you're gonna get less of a spiritual vibe than it is if you're also going to give you know there's times we go to a meeting because we need a meeting then there's times we go to a meeting because someone else needs a meeting like there have been times where I've gone to a meeting where, you know, minimal people show up or there was a while I was going when no one was showing up, but I would just go sit there in the parking lot and Aww. just in case someone showed up, you know what I mean? It wasn't nothing to me. It it kind of, after a while, it kind of was like, all right, what am I doing? Because it's right at seven o'clock. You know, I could be like hanging out with my kid, watching a movie after work or something like that. Like, I don't mind. It was five minutes up the road. I didn't really mind going there, but when I'm structuring a good, you know, cause I'd sit there for 15 minutes. So you're talking like a good 30 minute gap right in the middle of my five hours downtime at night where that could be dinner time. That could be chill and relax time, but I'm going, I, I'd still get a, like I'd get somewhat of a meeting vibe, even going there by myself sitting out in the car for 15 minutes, one, I'm doing something for my recovery. Even if no one shows up, like I'm making an effort to be there. And, and just in case someone shows up, you know, there's times one person would show up, we'd chill in the parking lot and wait for a third and just kind of shoot the shit. Sometimes we go forward with going all the way downstairs and in the building and, you know, maybe someone else strolled in. Um, but even if they didn't show up at all, and I'm just sitting in there listening to my music or fucking around on my phone. I, 
I could leave there being like, sometimes I was like, dude, it's cool that you do this. You know what I mean? It's cool that you care enough about recovery and enough about the next person who's struggling that you're willing to do this. Now, after like a couple months of no one showing up, we were like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's call it. Yeah. But giving is is where it's at. And it's not, you know, I used to get the the little bit of, um, you know, in my first year or two, you know, oh, I'm chairing the meeting or, oh, yeah, I said something that made everybody say, you know, my name when they were sharing, like, oh, like Steven said, blah, blah, blah. It was cool to hear. And it, you know, wasn't like an ego, ego thing. But it was, you know, it was like, oh, hey, I'm special. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I truly don't get like that now. Like even the other day in the meeting where my shit, my name got dropped like fucking too many times. And I'm just like, it's humbling. Like it's not, oh, look at me and I'm awesome. It's, wow, I'm, I'm glad that like just my genuine recovery nature had that effect on you and you felt the need to comment. I truly was like humbled. You know what I mean? It's really cool. Yeah. It was like you were focusing on what you did to those people rather than what this is doing to you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Took some time, but yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, um, I mean, I haven't, I've only been going to meetings for like a year and um, I guess, I guess I should call that my formal recovery because whatever was before, it was just abstinence. Like, cause I was still doing like just awful things. Like I was bartending. I was working as a bartender all because <laughs> I could make all this bank and I was going to like parties and hanging out with people that like smoked and drank and going out to clubs and fucking yeah just torch I mean I was like torturing myself um I don't know how you did it I really don't no it's straight up torture like it was in the moment it was fun and then like the next morning I was dying but I I just have, I've developed like really strong willpower over my whole life. So like the willpower is the only thing that got me through that. Um, And also the relationship I've had with myself, just like, you know, if, if I'm feeling like shit, it's like, well, shit, bitch, you deserve it. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So but now it's like, no, I'm not putting myself into things, situations that are going to make me feel like shit because I love myself and I care for myself and I'm going to take care of myself with the things that I do and the people that I'm around. Um, and like, yeah, so. Well, that's good. Yeah, I was worried about you for a minute there and it was like. One of them situations where you want to say the N.A. right answer and be like, hey, and, and maybe maybe some of us did here and there. Like, do you think that's wise or how does that affect you type thing? But you also don't want to give the advice because 
really it's a proven method with like my recovery work professionally, but also with myself, if I'm being honest, where you, when you're told an answer, it doesn't hit the same as when you come to it yourself. Oh, so if I was like, Oh, you're fucking up here or you're triggering, you'd be like, no, it's not that bad. Like, you know, whatever. But if someone's like, how do you, how does that make you feel when you go there and you're able to answer yourself? You might, you might come to a more clear headed decision rather than, you know what I mean? Like picking one mm-hmm. side or another, like they train us in recovery coach training to be like, okay, where are you at on a scale of one to 10? And they'll say, uh, like a four. Oh, really? You know, why, why would you say a four instead of a, you know, a three or a two? Well, you know, because I, you know, I don't like how I feel when I wake up, you know, I I wake up hungover, you know, it it really causes problems with my relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm tired of being in this cycle. But if I were to say, oh, a four, why why would you say a four instead of like a a nine or a 10? Well, because it's not that bad. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm drinking under a bridge or anything like that. It's not, you know, it's fine. So if I'm like, why aren't you ready to quit today? You're going to tell me why you're the reasons you're not, you're going to argue whatever point I'm taking. So the trick is not to convince them of the right answer. It's to get them to seriously look at what they're doing and spot discrepancies. Oh, well you say, you know, you want your marriage to get better and you say alcohol causes problems with that. But you also say you still want to drink. Help me understand how that fits. And it really, and it's their words. You use their words. And it's so effective. I fail to do it automatically a lot. I kind of have to remind myself of this method. And then it kind of throws a dent into my natural flow of a conversation because I'm not used to doing it like that. But this chick I work with, she's bomb, dude. Like, I don't work with her. She works over in another city. She fucking she knows that shit like the back of her hand and she will flip it and it's all their own words. So when you answer your own question, you will take that answer and run with it. If I give you an answer, you may run with it, but you might not, you know? Yeah. It, um, it definitely is more effective when you get the person to see it for themselves. Yeah especially in their own words like hey this is this is what you said i just want to understand how this makes sense here it's pretty good it's uh and it's real like i don't know how many times i was on the fence of quitting and i really wanted to quit but when someone was like you need to quit man i'd be like dude i'm not that bad look at my cousin look at look at him Look at her. I'm not that bad. You're acting like it's this big deal. I'm it's it's not that bad and I'm right back to the drug side. Because you're trying to make me feel like it's a bigger problem than it is. Now, if one of my drug friends was like, "Dude, what are you talking about, man? You don't have a problem. You're good." I'd be like, "No, nah, man. Dude, I'm tired of this cycle. I'm in my head all the time. I'm fucking broke. Whatever the excuse is, whatever the reason is, it's it's going to bring that voice out. And it's hard to trick yourself. 
So you kind of just have to be honest with yourself about what all is really happening and say, okay, is this good side worth the bad side? And make a decision. That's what I tell people all the time. If you want it, man, go get it. Like, just be honest about what it is. That's it. Because if I try to preach to you to stop, you're going to still have your reasons. You know, I don't try to let them talk too much about the fun times because then we can get a little carried away. But I recognize there's fun times. I recognize there's benefits to using because if I ignore that, I'm not being realistic. There's obviously benefits to using when it comes to the high, the relief, whatever. There are obviously good qualities because otherwise we wouldn't have done it. But there also are bad ones. So we need to look at the whole picture and say, okay, is this relief you get? Is this distraction you get? Is this social lubricant you get worth your hangover, your marriage, and your health? Yes or no? Well, then what do you want to do? Yeah, I just kind of, I was just kind of like weird with that. Um, cause I, what do you mean? well, I mean like when I realized myself or whatever, I, cause you know, my whole life I was just trying to find a way to make myself feel better than what I felt, AKA escape my mind. Um, mm-hmm. that was constantly judging me and abusing me. And so, um, when I finally found the thing that was quick and simple, I started to feel like even when I was feeling good, it like wasn't, it wasn't enough of that feeling good. I started to like really realize how even that became to a point where that wasn't enough. And then, um, and then I started seeing how I feel more worse Like when I feel bad, I feel bad. When I feel like shit, I feel like shit. I don't want to move. I don't want to, I don't have any enjoyment. Like if I'm, you know, withdrawing or if I'm coming down, it's just like, I, I feel like I just want to die. I don't want to feel my body to the, to a point where if before I didn't want to hear my thoughts, now I don't want to feel my body. And so I thought, I really did think to myself, like, man, like I, I'm looking at, all these like people that are not addicts, like they're, they can enjoy life. They can be okay. And I just thought like it was possible for me. It was possible for me to get to a point where something could be enough. There there could be a moment for like that split just second that I could just feel the enoughness of the world. And, um, I tried. I mean, I tried everything. And then I, the only thing I haven't tried was to get sober. And then I just, I went all out. I'm like, I, I, I'm down to do whatever it takes. Um, and it just took me until literally just like recently this past year where I started to have, no, just this year. 2020 because I swear to God this is my year because like in the beginning is when I first started to feel there I would have like moments where I feel I'm enough and the world is enough 
like, yeah, they don't, they didn't last very long, but, and then the more, the more I practice presence, the more I realize that all this abuse, all this toxicity, all this pain, it's all my thoughts. It's all my mind. It's all these lies, these judgments, this just abusive voice that I don't have to. Yeah, I remember. I don't have to. I remember where you were. The Go ahead. Cut that out. Well, I was going to say, I remember, I remember where you were not long ago with your, before you got into the thought identification and the mindfulness and the presence where you were like constantly stuck in between your addict voice and your real voice or whatever. You know, you'd always talk about it in meetings where you're like, there's two sides, there's the addict and then there's this. Mm -hmm. And it was probably just. The only difference was your dark thoughts and your positive thoughts. You know, we want to intentionally put out positivity and say, I am worthy. I am good enough. I am going to do better. I want to do the right thing. But then there's those automatic thoughts or thoughts made from fear, like don't think of this, therefore we think of it, or a flash of a memory comes across our consciousness where we remember a shitty part of ourselves. Therefore we remind ourselves how much we suck because obviously we're going to define ourselves by a past event or a certain feeling we get when we think of it. So like that thoughts are random. We don't just choose to have them, you know, and, and the thoughts that come with them, are also random, biased, temporary. You know, like if I just think of the top 10 worst things I've done, I'm going to feel like a pretty shitty person right now. I'm going to feel it in my emotion body. I'm going to think it and I'm going to take the perspective that I suck. But if I think of the best 10 things I've done, I'm going to think something else. I'm still me no matter what, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think of these things like failure and just being unworthy of love or anything like that. I don't just choose to think that sometimes it just randomly happens. And I need to realize that this is a random occurrence. It's just a thought that I chose to like, hang on to, I guess, you know, and me just telling myself in those moments, you're great. You're great. Isn't going to negate the bad thought or the feelings that come with it. But me telling myself this is a random occurrence kind of does where I'm like, oh, this is just a random ass thought. Yeah, you just detach yourself from that. Yeah. Just let it go. And just I'd be like, huh, my brain's talking again. You know what I mean? (laughs) There there she goes again. (laughs) Yeah. But like. So I want to go back to this like body thing because I'm actually like, like really about this topic. Um, so like one thing is learning about, you know, mindfulness and presence and learning about, you know, the observer and shit like that and observing your thoughts. But like, so for me personally, I guess I don't want to like speak for other people, but it was like. Yeah, I read stuff about it and I found out about it and I learned it and I was into it. 
But another thing, this was just like recently, I mean, I'm talking like the past like month that I've actually started to feel it on a physical level. Like, and now I actually like things are like making sense and coming together because, um, like say before somebody would tell me that, um, you know, I'm good enough just the way that I am. I need to accept myself the way that I am. I deserve, you know, better. I, you know, blah, blah, all that shit. It's like, I know the words. I know the meaning of the words. And I know that they must be true at some point. But it's like, once I started feeling how, whatever this this idea that I've had, this image that I had in my mind about myself, was just these thoughts. I literally had to like, it was like, I could observe them, but it was like, I still felt like they were taking control. Cause they would, cause I'd be like, yeah, I observed this, but then they would, you know, you, you would think that I would just like go and, and they're just like, go away or whatever, but then they'll just come back and they would persist because in a way I probably resisted them. But now with like feeling it, like not, not necessarily visualizing it, but like feeling inside of my, my head, like I can just feel those thoughts as like a, like a part that I can like shift out. And then whatever is behind it is like the real me that can like actually observe, like I can feel it like physically that I am not my, my thoughts. I'm not whatever is like, whatever is judging me right now, whatever is talking all the shit about me. Um, and then I learned that, that actual meaning, like, okay, I'm actually not these horrible things and I do deserve better and I am worthy and like, I'm, I'm a part of God and whatever, but, um, right. So it's, it's feeling, it's feeling it in my body. Um, cause I, cause I just had this like really trippy moment the other day where it was like, it's like, I'm thinking and all of a sudden the thoughts kind of like, I can't even, I can't even put it into words because it's like formless, you know, like formless things you can't speak about because you can't you know, just put a word on it because it's like, there isn't words that exist, but it's like, I felt a layer of myself get pulled out. It was still there, but it was like, I felt myself detach from my head, like from my mind. And now that's called presence, baby. I know. And I think all this time before that, it's like, yeah, I talked all this big um like big game like yeah i'm present like fuck no (laughs) it wasn't until it wasn't until i actually felt it in my body because yeah so i think i think there's a difference between being present and being in observer mode you know like being present i'm here now you know i'm observing thoughts i'm remembering to check into here and now i'm not I'm not dwelling on the past. I'm not worrying about the future. That's present. 
I'm here. Now, being in observer mode is where you truly detach and you realize I am not my thoughts. I am not my body. I am literally in like the driver's seat, almost like one of the movies where the little alien is inside of the big alien. You know what I mean? Like where you like open up the the robot or something and then there's the little guy sitting in there controlling it. That's us. We are the observer. We are the spirit inside. And when you can just totally like it's it's not like you see things from a further view, but it feels like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was um, if before maybe you had the words mixed up, if before I was present, then that I finally was able to reach observer mode because I was able to feel it. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Cause you said that's presence, baby. You didn't say observer. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Hey, being present is not the same as presence. <laughs> yeah. I can never be wrong. My ego can never be wrong. No, no, you're right. So yeah, it is, it is presence, but it's like ultimate presence. You know what I mean? Like, cause if, you, if you're in observer mode, you are ultimately present. Like there's, there is no way to be like anywhere else. Yeah. Cause then you can't you are just viewing. It's like physically impossible for you to like, just think about like anything because you're just like, whoa, I am so much bigger than all this fucking bullshit that's going on right now. I am like, right. I'm an eternity and I'm infinity. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. When I when I truly get in observer mode, like I am just I don't stay there long, but I can almost get there on cue. But like I just feel complete peace, complete detachment, not even detachment, non-attachment, to where I am not necessarily me. I'm not like dwelled on even like my children, my story, my personality. It's, I just don't think of anything. And I, and I almost view it like the, like a simulation, you know, where I know it's not, and I don't get delusional in that way, but I just, that's how it feels like, Oh, you're seeing reality, you know? And I don't ever try to stay there either. I, I can get there on cue. Um, I don't expect to stay there. And then I don't really care when it leaves just enough to just snap out of it. Even for 10 seconds is enough to be like, it's a total reset for me. Like I literally, when I get in observer mode, I don't feel any physical sensations. Like I could feel like if I'm sitting on a chair, but like if I have any aches and pains in my body or, or stress in my mind, I don't feel any of it. It's all gone. And I'm just, that's cool. And then I creep back in. Yeah, I I don't think I've reached that level. I think you did. I think I think what you're describing is very much Well, that. it only happened like the that like epiphany or whatever, like that happened like a couple of times. All the other times I've just um I guess I don't know. But but all I know is that now the more honestly every single day I feel like is a like 
an opportunity for me like to practice this and get better at it. Like, like straight up, I'm thankful every single morning that I get to wake up and I get to get better at this shit because the, the more days go by ever since I've really started to like get in, you know, into this, the more I can do it on like on cue, but like not to like the observer mode necessarily, but to just stop and be like, okay, this is just your thoughts going crazy. And it's so unnecessary and pointless and like, you're fine, you know, cause I'm able to notice right. my severe anxiety. I mean, the more I, the more I pay attention to it, the more I'm like, damn dude, I fucking lived in that. I listened to that. How, how did I do it? I mean, I'm a fucking soldier because as I'm noticing these things and I'm detaching myself from them, it's like, damn, you really been hearing all this. And now it's like, it's a relief because I don't have to believe it. I, right. That's how I feel about ego and point of view. Like when I used to get consumed by my point of view with an argument, with a, any type of, any type of friction with someone, when I would just hone in to this fight or this stance and I just was all the way in and it would cause disruptions here and there I was consumed and and just being able to like let that shit go nowadays is like oh god I'm so thankful that I've found something like this mindfulness shit or even just program stuff where I'm able to look at that shit and let it go because it doesn't serve me is is a blessing and it really helps with recovery because I'm just like I'm not being consumed by something else, you know, I'm able to choose what I do and don't fuck with, you know? Yeah. It's like just realizing that we have this incredible up, like this opportunity for choosing. Um, Cause we honestly, like the end of the day, we, a lot of our problems that we think are our problems, it's our choice to make them a problem. Like something shitty happens. I can either, I can either choose to be upset about it or I can just choose to accept it. And then just yeah. like, literally I don't have to do anything else. And it does not, it's not going to hurt me to accept it. It's not going to hurt me to just let it happen. I mean, of course, if it's something I cannot change, right? So I'm talking like, right. yeah. So just resisting, it just create resistance creates so much pain. Um, and like when it comes to that, when it comes to problems and choosing, it's kind of like dawned on me. Everything involves someone else. Like if you're having a problem, it's usually with something or something, right. you know, oh, I have a problem with Trump. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's another person. My boy. Saying, that's another person or, <laughs> yeah, or a group of people. Like I have a problem with the way you mm -hmm. do things. Therefore, I am discontent because you're not doing what I want. You got a problem with your girlfriend. You know, I have a problem because you're not doing what I want. You know what I mean? 
a lot of our problems can be solved ourselves if we have acceptance of what is and we do what we need to do accordingly to stay true to ourselves. You know, so if I'm having a problem, sure, you can communicate and work things out. But if my goal is to like change something about something I cannot control, a fair amount of discontent comes with that rather than, oh, my girlfriend's acting a certain way. This is what I need to do to be okay with that or to get away from that or to to address that rather than how can I make her change that or how can I make this person agree with that? Or how can I make whatever, you know what I'm, you know what oh, I'm yeah. trying to say? Like everything at least does involve someone else. And when you focus on yourself and do what you need to do, it's so much better. Like, cause I can bang my head against a wall trying to make you change. You're, you may change because, you know, you care enough about me and how I feel and you reflect enough on yourself to not want to make me feel how I feel. Sure, that can happen and a conversation can be had. But if my intent is to get your actions to appease me and you, even if you abided by simply wanting to comply just to appease me, none of it would work because it wouldn't be genuine. You know oh, what, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like about the, just like the motive. So like, you can say, you can communicate, like, just with the motive of letting the person know, like, this is what my feeling, my feelings are. Um, and then without, like, forcing, like, change onto this person, like, no, I want you to, like, change this because these are my feelings. And then the other person, they, um, it's their choice. They either choose to be mindful and consider of the other person's feelings and do the, that for the sake of, you know, because, um, like not to please them, but to just be like, consider, or they just, you know, do it here and there just to please them, just to get them off their ass rather than genuinely caring about the feelings. Right. And that should all Yeah. Work. So that's, that's the big difference between communicating to each other issues and like changing them based upon the motive of caring about each other's feelings rather than, Oh, well, I'll just be this way just so you shut the fuck up and I don't have to hear about it anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Communication is key and acceptance, man. Like I always had this thing and I failed at it so many times in prior relationships where, but my ultimate, feeling of what I should do is remain true. If the boat rocks, the boat rocks. You know what I mean? Like if I, if we end up fighting every day, you know, or we end up just being at odds more often than not, then be at odds. And like, you know what I mean? Let that be reality. But when I bottle it up or don't say anything or try to say it in a way that softens the blow, but gets you to agree you know what I mean? And then, and then it just becomes this like game kind of, you know, or if I just ignore it until it bottles up and explodes or, or you just respond to my hints and then, but you don't really want to change. It's, it's always going to rock the boat anyway. So it's almost like, just let it be what it is. If shit don't work, it don't work. Like 
let's just get it over with. Exactly. Yeah. It's once again, um, the inability to accept the reality and just trying to put this image over something and make it a certain way that you want it to be that fits your, your ego's wants and needs rather than letting things just be the way that they are. And if they turn out to be like a shitty way, then it's not meant to be. Then there's your sign. There's, you know, like right away, you're able to see like this, there's no point. But if you keep trying to run away from the reality and trying to like hide from it, it's like you just put yourself in this continuous like cycle of misery that you don't, you know, just not accepting that this is not going to work. So, yeah. Right. And it, it comes down to like how each person is. If you have a self-reflective person who wants to like communicate in a healthy way, not cross any like lines, and that person is with someone who doesn't really reflect on themselves and is stuck in their ways and is emotionally or negatively reactive, that yeah. shit don't work. Because you have one person who's like, hey, I'm trying to communicate this to you. Um, also when I'm wrong, I look at that and try to, you know, address that myself. Whereas you're not looking at it on your own anyway. And then when I bring it up to you, you'd rather get defensive Mm -hmm. and catty and then really not self-reflect at all. And then really nothing changes. It just doesn't fit. Like, so that's where it's like fucking rock the boat, man. Like I'll not go out of my way to cause shit, but like, be honest. You know what I mean? And if it honestly doesn't work, then it honestly doesn't work. Like, I'm with talking to this one pretty cool chick right now who's like pretty self reflective in a way. In a way. Conversations even before, in a way, even before we started talking, like we've had conversations where it's honesty and, and sometimes they were hard to have, but it was cool. Like, we said what we said. If it wasn't perfect, it wasn't perfect. And then, like, I remember this one time, like, later on, it was like, are we good? And I'm like, of course we're good. Like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, we had something to talk about. We talked about it. It's all good. You know what I mean? And that's the type of person that I fuck with because hard conversations can be had without emotions taking over. You know I mean? Emotions are involved but it's not a reactive emotion. It's not a defensive emotion and it's not an unconscious emotion. It's like, Hey, I don't like this. Yeah. I kind of see why you don't like that. Like, <clears throat> this is what I meant. So some clarification or damn my bad. Yeah. That was kind of fucked up. Let me, uh, I, I, I own that. Let me, uh, let me look at that a little further. So it's a whole lot better compatibility than things I've experienced in the past where it was a lot of, fueled reaction and denial of one's own things even on my part because before getting clean this time i definitely had a lot of that i ain't admitting to shit you know i even had this in one relationship where it was like i know i'm wrong but i ain't saying nothing because you never say you're wrong or i feel like saying this good thing to you but i'm not going to say it because you didn't i don't feel like you say good things to me that's sad. Like that's, that's not what I do today. If I feel something, I'll tell you, you know what I mean? And if it's negative, I I try to approach it from a place of like, Hey, when we can talk about this, I'd I'd like to bring this up. It's kind of hard to talk about. And and that Mm -hmm. diffuses half of it. 
I'm not just coming at you like, this is everything I don't like about you. We're going to talk about it right now. Blah, blah. And then if I feel something that may put me out there and make me vulnerable, I'll say that too. I, I'm a little more hesitant with that sometimes because I try to process everything and mean what I say. But at the same time, I say it in a way like, hey, it's kind of what I'm feeling, yo. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I kind of, um, I, as blunt of a person as I am, I've also like struggled with communicating um, my feelings, especially my feelings, because I used to have a really bad issue with boundaries and I would just let like the person do whatever and I wouldn't say anything about it. Um, if it involved like not me and the other person, I'd have no problem. I'd be like, listen, you know, you're doing this and you're doing that and just did not know the right way of approaching that because my childhood was filled with hey you're fucking up you suck you're a piece of shit so that got implanted so that's the way I communicated now I'm working on it because um the person I kind of you know fuck with he's pointed that out to me and I'm like damn you know I just that's that's a good point (laughs) that's not okay to do um but he sounds like a smart dude all right but um so now I I have that balance like I can I can set boundaries because I I put myself you know first kind of thing like I I I care for myself and I do things you know if something goes against what I like or you know I will speak up on it and I'm not going to just repress it because if you repress certain issues if you just say oh you know I'm fine everything's fine that shit is like it's like it's like I don't know if this is a good metaphor but it's like you're you get like shot in the arm and like half the bullet like stays in there so all you do is just put a band-aid on it and then you just walk around like it's like not there but it's still like aching and it's kind of painful so you just got to take that shit out you got to like go through the pain of taking it out, but then you can actually heal easier rather than just walking around with it. Um, That's a horrible metaphor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's pretty dope. Um, no, for real. And then like being with someone who can respond to that in the right way is a good key because it's not selfish to have self-love and put yourself first. And if you're with someone who's not like a narcissist or not someone with another agenda, if the love is pure, that will get the response needed because that person will care for you enough to want to treat you good and and care about what doesn't sit well with you rather than make it about them. You know, like, oh, you're bringing this up. You know, you said you don't like something I did. What's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Or why you got to come at me and what I'm doing, you know, it's like, no, I'm trying to tell you, like, this is bothering me and I don't want to be bothered by you. And I want to know that I can talk to you, you know, so put your fucking ego aside 
and fucking stop. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it, it comes with someone being vulnerable themselves. And, you know, there is a delicacy to a delivery method. But also when you're when you're with someone in that way and it clicks it because I've been with people who no matter how I fucking deliver it, it comes out wrong. It comes out defensive and and it's just the end of the world. It's like, dude, I didn't say it like that. And you're taking it like that. And I just had to come to a point where it was like, it don't matter what I say or how I fucking say it it's going to go down like this. And that's not a me thing. That's a them thing, you know? And that was enough of a sign to be like, this is how it is, man. Like you can't change shit like that. It can, it can change, but I can't change it. You know what I mean? Like, cause I used to be like that and I changed for myself because I saw all the areas of my life it affected and I didn't want them to affect me like that anymore. And it wasn't an easy thing. It didn't happen overnight. It happened gradually. It happened with presence and observation of myself and reflection. And, you know, I can't make someone do that. It's like, it's like a liar or a cheater. You don't just make someone choose to not do that or be considerate. You either are or you aren't. You know what I mean? You can't just be like, hey, be more considerate and make that person consider you when they normally don't consider you. Oh, for sure. You know, it all stems, it all boils down to relationship you have with yourself. Like, I'm really, I never really understood that concept until recently, once again, um, after this whole like mindfulness shit, like, um, the way, the way you treat yourself is the reflection of how you treat others and how you let other treat others treat you. So like the very first relationship you have is with yourself. So that is a base of every, everybody else around you. I mean, yeah, you can, when you first like meet people, you can put on masks that you're like this super nice guy, but like then the real will come out. The real relationship that you have with yourself will be onto them. Um, But I was going to, also mention like big thing is like that react the reactiveness so like you can be afraid of bringing something up you know um it's like oh man what if they like get mad what if they hate like you know see that's that's where you that's the deciding factor right there you bring something up and if they have a shitty reaction towards it then there's your answer they're not good for you because right. it, they're, they're more focused on defending their ego because there's something to defend, right? So if there's nothing to defend, they'll be fine. They'll just be like, yeah, whatever. Right. But if there's right. some, some fucky, some fishy, it's like, mm-mm. yeah. That is so true because every time I've ever come at something with that, I'd get a really bad response and I'd also do that back in the day. But if there's like nothing to hide, it's almost like, what, what do you mean? You know what I mean? It's a calmer reaction. Not like, what are you talking about? Why are you going to blame me? Blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, for real. And it it, it is your answer. And, you know, and we got to look at our part too, because if I'm not being true, you know, if I'm not saying speaking up when I feel like I should speak up, 
not only am I not being true to my partner because I'm bottling up and hiding things and acting like it's all good when it's not, I'm not being true to myself. And that leaves me feeling feelings of discontent. And that's when I can trick myself. Like maybe you deserve this. Maybe you're not worthy. There were times where I was legit. And this is with multiple years of sobriety and working a program and mindfulness where I would still be like, maybe you deserve this or, you know, maybe this is karma for what you did 15 years ago or something, you know, there was just too much in my head. Not it. And when I should have just been like, this is not cool. Fuck what you ever did. You don't deserve this now. You deserve better. Go get better. Right. You know, and that doesn't always mean like leaving the person right away. Like, I'm sure there's relationships that have had bad things happen in them that people can truly overcome by being patient and working together. But you have to be able to work together. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if resentments or betrayals stay present through the entire relationship or people get over it or they just settle for, you know, feeling those bad feelings of mistrust and all that. And they're just staying because they're super codependent or they don't know anything else or, or whatever. But like, I'm sure people do overcome shit, but it definitely takes two, you know, but I also feel like the flip side where there's a lot of people who stay in shit because they feel they deserve it or they can't do better or they're too afraid to be alone or take a risk. Like, and that's sad. Like I, I was just never one of them. I, I would try to settle and I just am. It's like a hold in me. It's like I'm empty and I don't want to be like that. You know? Well, I mean, you tried for a while. So the, the, I'm not saying um, that you're like that, but like definitely um, we're afraid of something if you were to just let go of it. But, well, there were multiple yeah. factors in my thing, but I will say I am happy that I gave it every possible shot. Because had I walked away after the first thing, part of me might have been like, what if? You know what I mean? It might have been like, was I wrong for not being compassionate? Was I wrong for not being forgiving or giving a second chance or a 50th chance? But I do feel better walking away knowing I gave it every possible shot rather than walking away with a shred of a doubt. And that could fuck my next relationship up where, you know what I mean? Like I'm in a new relationship, but then that little piece of doubt swims up every now and then. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why you pushed it it, till your every last doubt was just gone. Yeah. And it wasn't even anything super eventful. It was just coming to terms with the fact like this does not work, you know, and, and we tried in multiple different ways. It just did not work. Or it, it, it always came back to this indifference where it was like, this is what it is. You have little spikes and you have little dips. But for the most part, this is where you will be. Do you want this? And it was like, okay, fuck anything eventfully bad that happens. Fuck anything that is like something I want to attach to. This whole package, is this what you want? You know, and then I could say, 
All right. I finally fucking accept it. But I am glad that I personally gave every shot, you know, gathered this research and was like coming to this conclusion. Yeah, that's a a pretty good point. Um, But then again, it could also be a thing of like whether you have accepted it for the, the very first time if you accepted it for what it was and you just kept resisting it. But I mean, it's all about what's in your mind, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's multiple factors involved, but I definitely got to the point at one point where I was done, felt done, fully done. Didn't process a lot. Didn't, uh, really see it it was more like I was reacting off of a negative event. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm done. Like, fuck this. I'm ready to date. No way. Never looking back. Nope, nope, nope. And then that little piece of doubt crept in when I was like three weeks, four weeks into a little relationship. And it was like, whoa, like, you know what I mean? This relationship wasn't the best. It wasn't anything that was drawing me in. It was just something that was cool. You know what I mean? And then it just hit me like a fucking brick wall where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I can't do this yet. So I stopped the new thing. Didn't run back to the old thing. I just stopped and paused right in the middle and said, I can't fucking move. And then I crept back towards the other thing. Um, So I think a lot of it was like, I don't, same with drugs, same with, uh, getting sober. I can't just look at the bad and say, I need to stay away from the bad. I have to find something good to attach to, to at least give me hope that there is something else out there that is fulfilling. You know what I mean? Instead of just saying, stay away from that bad because the bad feelings fade, you know, I could go through the worst drug days. I don't think of them often. When a newcomer comes in the room and they remind me of how shitty it is out there, then I remember. Or when we have a first step meeting and I kind of give a little background, then I remember. But on my regular day-to-day, I don't remember a lot of the bad drug shit. I do remember a lot of the good recovery shit. So same with a relationship. Like If I just stay away from something because it's bad, I could forget some of the highlights. I need to like not, and that doesn't mean jump into a good relationship because they, you don't find them. They just happen. Um, but I definitely need to, needed to focus on the reality of it. Not just, oh, you pissed me off or I'm mad at you and I'm using this anger to run away from you and, and be gung ho about fuck you. No, I had to look at the whole thing like, Hey, this whole thing is just not it. Yeah, so and that's what's helped me. And I that's so basically what I'm yeah. hearing is just looking at everything like in the bigger picture and you know just the reality of <laughs> of things. Yeah. All the things. That could be the name of the pod, <laughs> all the things. All things podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This, this is, is just all things. Oh my god. This is just all things. I love it. I love it. 